You're now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we're going to be diving into an unacceptable loss to the Washington Wizards. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 well, welcome into Locked On 76ers. Thank you for, so much for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host, Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire, with my guy, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, what's going on, man? What's popping, man, young buck? All right, guys, we are going to be discussing a couple of things today. One is going to be a tough loss of the Washington Wizards, uh, where they... They had a little bit of an emotional letdown. Another one is going to be the play of Joel Embiid and his return from a play and rest day. And also, we're going to talk about Tyrese Maxey being named to the Rising Stars Challenge. But first, we're going to dive into this loss to the Wizards, Keith. Um, it, it was a tough loss overall. It was one of those things where it's just like they didn't have the right energy from the jump. Um, I think they got down by as many as 12. Washington shot like over 50% from the floor in the first quarter. The defense wasn't there. It was kind of a... Um, it was really just, just a bad loss overall. It was an unacceptable loss if you really want to be real about it. Because when you factor it in, I mean, you know, let's face it. The Sixers came off of is their biggest their biggest win of the, of the home win of the season when they upset Memphis without Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid comes back tonight. They're playing the Washington Wizards without Bradley Bill. They also were without their uh, starting center, Thomas Bryant. Washington had a six-game losing streak, and then all of a sudden, the Sixers lay an egg. Um, they were missing bunnies left and right. Now, again, some people may say, hey, the Sixers didn't have Furkan Korkmaz. The Sixers didn't have Seth Curry. Uh, Shake Milton is still out. But I'll tell you what, if I'm the, if I'm the Wizards, I would rather be in a Sixers, Sixers situation than theirs with Bradley Bill not playing. And, you know, I'm not coming down extremely hard on the Sixers. I'm just keeping it real. I just don't think they came to play. You know, I asked Doc Rivers if this was a, a trap game because, let's face it, after this they got they go to uh, Dallas and then they play Chicago. This was supposed to be the easiest game of their five-game homestand, and they laid an egg. They just came out and weren't ready to play. Yeah, from the jump, uh, it just it wasn't there. As you mentioned, there was no Brad Beal. Uh, there was no Thomas Bryant. And also, they were coming on. It was the second night of a back-to-back for Washington, too. Uh, they were just in Milwaukee uh, the night before. So, it just, it just it looked like they weren't ready to play, Keith. It was just like like from, from, the, from the get-go. I mean, there's, there's no reason for Philadelphia to really even – the fact that this game was even close was really crazy to me. Now, there was one play down the stretch where they were down by two. They forced Spencer Dinwiddie into a miss. Tobias Harris grabs a rebound. He pushes the ball up the floor, and he had a chance to get it to head to Tyrese Maxey. But um, it looked like just maybe he missed him or maybe he wasn't confident in making the pass, which maybe he thought he would turn the ball over. Whatever the case may be, he just didn't get the ball to him. And instead, Tobias, he does this weird jump throw in the air to Joel. It was a helter-skelter possession. Joel has the ball, and he drives to the basket, and he got and he got blocked by Kyle Kuzma. It looked like he got fouled. Um but, you know, just the call wasn't made. He was blocked. Wizards sealed the game with free throws. And, you know, Doc, after the game, said, 
I had a timeout. I just I thought Joel had the angle, and you know, just it is what it is. So just just what did you think of that uh, final you know play for Philadelphia there? I mean, you know, it, basically what you said, uh, you know, I mean, it was it was the heat of the moment, I guess. Uh, Tobias thought that that was the right play. And, you know, under the circumstances, he did try to get the guy. He did try to get Joel the ball. Looking back at it, I'm pretty sure he's probably thinking, man, why didn't I take it or why didn't I give it to Tyrese? You know, but, you know, he he gave the ball up. I didn't like the way he gave up his body and contorted his body back just to pass it backwards, right? Um, You know, I just didn't like it. like if I'm, you know, I, mean, I just didn't, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. It's just like, to me, he gave up so much by doing that. And there was one point where you thought that it was going to be a backcourt because Joel had to rush over just to catch the ball so it wouldn't be a, uh, a turnover. But, um, yeah, that, that play right there was tough. But I'll be honest with you, man, they missed a lot of bunnies. Yeah. I mean, it was miss a bunny night. Like, so – you know, that's the one play that people are going to remember. But I saw a lot of guys going there, driving the lane, missing shots. I mean, they shot 22 for 48 in the paint. And so you might say, oh, well, you know, maybe it was like a little mid. Nah, bruh. They were missing bunnies. So I think that when we sit back and we talk about it, people are going to pinpoint Tobias. They are going to pinpoint Joel getting his shot blocked, where some people might think it was a foul. But they had numerous opportunities, and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, that's that's kind of like ultimately what's going to be remembered, right? Just the fact that they couldn't get the job done. And they're playing against a Wizards team that, again, it's again shorthanded. And this is where the inconsistencies kind of come in, Keith. We talked about this a couple of times when it comes to this team. It's like, the minute you think the Sixers are ready to turn a corner, right, you think they're getting ready to just gather everything up, continue to push forward. They have, were 4-0 on this homestand. They're coming off a really impressive win over the Memphis Grizzlies. And then they come out and they just – they lay this egg, man. And, they, like, they, they lose games you think they're supposed to win, but then they win games you think they're supposed to lose. And that's where you think that, like, they're ready to turn a corner, but then they don't. And it's kind of back to, like – like, what is this team really? Uh, I think they had a chance to even move into a tie with Chicago for the number one seed if, if they beat the Wizards. Instead, they, they, they lose it. They drop to three. That's how close the race is in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think that. I shouldn't say starting to think. You know, right now, this is the Sixers' MO. They're a team that, you know, when they win the games that you don't expect them to win, and they lose the games you don't ex- expect them to lose, right? It's starting to become that way right about now. And I think, like, maybe it's kind of like, I mean, think about it. Like, okay, so they go to Miami. They beat Miami. They, they beat Boston. They beat Miami at home. No, they beat Boston at home. They beat Miami on the road. And then they go and play a struggling Washington Wizards team. And they lose. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're here. They're on a four-game winning streak at home, five games overall. And Washington was supposed to be the easiest team at the streak. And they lose. But but when Joel Embiid doesn't play against, against Memphis, you're like, oh, there's no way they're going to win this game. And they win. So it just seems like right about now 
this is just the Sixers' M.O. Now, they got to get stuff corrected because it's kind of like they get amped up, but then they also play down to their opponent. So it's one of those things where they just got to, like, make sure they they do what they have to to get, to get out to buck this trend because this is the trend. Yeah, and it's like like this is why people kind of – or not really people, like – like some just really have hesitancy when it comes to, you know, this specific Sixers team because they can look really good one day, but then they can look really like mediocre really the next night. So like that that's kind of where the inconsistencies come in. It's it's where they really need to kind of figure out who they are as a team. They need to come up with an with an identity. They need to um really kind of rally together and, and, and not to say that they don't the chemistry here you know they always say it's pretty good but you know like there is still a lot that they need to really figure out when it really does come to this team up next we're going to be talking about Joel Embiid and his overall night against the Wizards on Wednesday but first we're going to hear from bet online there might be less football being played but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Okay, Keith, so... We, we, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, Joel Embiid did make his return um, after a planned rest game against the Memphis Grizzlies. He came out, and it was a slow start for the big fella. He, I think he started one for six shooting before finally getting able being able to get into a groove. He didn't shoot the ball well overall. He shot 11 for 27 from the floor. He was 0 for 3 from deep. He was 5 for 8 from the free throw line. But he still had 27 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. And he was a plus four in uh, 35 minutes. So it kind of was just like you looked at it and you look at it from like the standpoint of just pure numbers. And you were like, oh, okay, Joel had a pretty good game. But then like you really kind of like looked at the game from the eye test and, and, and the, the poor shooting and, and how it looked like he was kind of lumbering a little bit. And it, it really wasn't the greatest game for Joel. Yeah, I think he's probably still a little tired. You know, like you're right. It wasn't the greatest. Like when you look at this first quarter, right, in the first quarter – you know, Joel had two points on one for six shooting, right? So then the second quarter comes, Joel has nine points, and he's shooting four for five. At that point, you're saying to yourself, okay, he's getting it back together again. The third quarter, he comes out, and he makes a couple buckets, and you're like, all right, okay. But then he ends up shooting four for ten. He had ten points. The fourth quarter, you know, is when, you know, Joel Embiid takes over, and he had six points on two for six shooting. So it was like, it was extremely inconsistent. And I know, like I said, four for 10, but he started off strong in that third a little bit. So, you know what I mean? It was like, he was just extremely inconsistent. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know he still looks tired. You know, like they said a rest day. 
um, you know, you wonder if if this is like just if it's just fatigue or is there something hampering him and he's trying to muscle through it. But he just hasn't looked himself lately the last couple games. Yeah, that's kind of where it's been um, just really disappointing, right? Like he just really hasn't kind of looked like Joel the last couple games he's played. Now, granted, he's put up like really good raw numbers, like, you know, even against the Wizards. He put up 27, 14, and 6. But it, w- it wasn't like the efficient 27, 14, and 6. You know, um, like, for example, Joel was named Eastern Conference Player of the Month for January. And I think he shot over 50% from the floor, like, the entire month. It was um, just something really, you know, just really efficient, you know, being Joel. But towards the end of that month, you know, against Sacramento and um, even against the Lakers and then even here to start February when it comes to this uh, specific matchup with Washington, just he really hasn't been able to find a groove or, or really a rhythm on the offensive end. It's just more kind of been – it almost seems forced a little bit without it being forced. It's just like it looks like he's putting so much pressure on himself that he has to be able to, like, carry the team a bit, which, you know, in some cases he might have to. But, you know, he, he's got to be able to really calm down, you know, go slower, go slow a little bit, take his time, and be able to really get himself back into a rhythm because obviously, Keith, they're going to need him. Yeah, and also I think, like, he should have, like, been attacked the basket a little bit more this night too. Um, you know, Montrez, I know Montrez is a physical guy, but then that would enable him to get to the foul line a little bit more, you know. Like, you know, Joel, um, you know, he had eight uh, free throws. He was five for eight. And typically, you know, Joel's a guy who averages like around 11 free throws a game. Now, I know some people say that's only three, but, you know, he, he really lives on the foul line. And I felt like the way Montrez, you know, Montrez Harrell, you know, ended up with um, he ended up with like three fouls. Um, uh, Daniel Gafford had four. You know, I felt like Joel could have you know got both of them in foul trouble. You know, but you know it, it is what it is. But I mean, I, I just feel like his presence down low. Now, don't get me wrong. He he is a guy who can step out and can do whatever. Right. But I just felt like you know for 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 the Sixers to be in. Uh, to be rolling and, and everything working well for him, you know, is one of those things where you look at Joel and you say, I need more than eight three throws. Especially on a night like this one when the Sixers were really struggling to uh, really find an offensive rhythm. Now, Tobias Harris was able to give the team a bit of a lift in the first half. Um, uh, Tyrese Maxey, you know, he carried a little bit of the load in the first half too. I think Maxey scored 12 points in the first quarter. Um uh, and Maxi finished with 22 for the game. He shot nine for 16. He also had eight rebounds and seven assists. So I feel like that was an overall solid game for Tyrese. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Joel, you know, on a night when the Sixers were struggling on the offensive end, you want to be able to force the ball down to your big man, and he can be able to. Uh, I mean, really just force the issue, draw a couple of fouls, uh, get to the free throw line, calm the team down, and that also gets him into a rhythm as well. And Keith, you just mentioned Montrezl Harrell, right? Now. Harrell was actually really huge in the fourth quarter. Um, Harrell finished with 14 for the game. He was a plus 10. He was 7 for 10 from the floor. But he had two really big kind of push floaters that just happened to drop for for him, and that really kind of sealed the deal for Washington. Um, And and you know what? I mean, it kind of seemed like, again, he kind of got the best of Joel, like, at that point. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, I mean – 
I, I think like he just was more he attacked more in in the, in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like he was just a little bit more aggressive, more attacking. I mean, you know, he he just was more active in the fourth quarter. You know, Joel did have 27 points. He shot he didn't shoot particularly well. Um but I, I just think that yeah, Montrez did have more energy than Joel. Now again, like uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like that. I would like to see what Joel is going to do the next game to see if this is just something he's going through, or if he's like if something like another, uh, just a bad game, or is this a solidifies that this is just a bad stretch for him? You know. And, and, and you know what? Like I'm, I'm looking. Um, one thing that kind of stands out to me. Uh, I know this is outside of Joel, but Washington had 53 bench points, while the Sixers only had 27. And you know, what just it kind of seemed like the Wizards were just the Wizards seemed like a the more fresher team. And again, which is surprising because again they were coming off, you know, it was a second night of a back to back for them, and, and and they were shorthanded missing two starters. And you know, the bench unit, uh, Washington played. Denny Abdia, Corey, K- Corey Kispert, Montrez Harrell, Rui Hashimura, and Howell Neto, former Sixers guard, they all played well. They had 53 points. When you look at Philadelphia's bench, it could only muster up 27, and I feel like that was a big factor in this game too. Yeah, it was. And also, like, the one thing we got to pinpoint is also that, you know, when, you, when, when Seth Curry doesn't play, then somebody who would typically come off the bench is in the starting lineup. Right, for you sure. You add that, you talk about Furkan Korkmaz not playing – um, you talk about Shake. Now, Shake hasn't played in such a long time that, that I'm not even including him. Right. But, but the thing is, it's like to a point where, you know what I mean, if we look at this bench, you know, they have a lot of guys um, who are specialists. You know what I mean? They do certain things. So, like Isaiah Joe. Now, Isaiah Joe played well. You know, Niang, you know, he was 5 for 11. You know, Drummond was 2 for 4. And uh, Miles Powell was um, he missed his lone shot attempt, so it, it's just you know you look at these guys and I'm not saying they played bad, um, you know Niang he was five for eleven but he missed a lot of bunnies right yeah but but at the same time you just look at it they just don't have that fire firepower like Rui Hachimura, uh, Denny Alvey I butchered his name Montrez Harrell. <laughs> These three guys come on, came off the bench, and like you said, Neto. Like, you know, you look at this, and you're like, dang. I mean, you know, these guys, Rui Hachimura used to be a starter, you know, and, and Denny is, it was a starter at one point. And Harold could be a starter. So, you know what I mean? It's like they just have a way better bench than the Sixers do did on this particular night. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I feel like – Drummond picking up four fouls, I feel like, was an underrated uh, factor in this because, again, Joel had to play 35 minutes. Andre could only play a little load under 13, you know, due to him picking up the fouls. Um, coming up next, we're going to be talking about Tyrese Maxey being named to the Rising Stars Challenge um, in his second year and really his improvement overall. 
Uh, but first, we're going to hear from Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they knew we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, OG. So Tyrese Maxey gets named to the Rising Stars Challenge the other day, right? And, and you know, you give the guy a ton of credit. He's been, you know, he's been terrific this year as a second-year guard. And I know we talk about it all the time with Tyrese. So, you know, we all know that the biggest leap he's really going to take has to be in his third year when he's able to get a full offseason this summer. Um, he's probably going to be the starter throughout this whole time because we all know um, the Ben Simmons situation and um, we, we all know that the Sixers are probably not going to find like a, a starting point guard or whatever like in this upcoming week leading up to the um, trade deadline. So Tyrese is probably going to start the whole season. He's going to start into the playoffs. He just got selected to the Rising Stars Challenge and this is going to be, I feel like this is a good leap, like leaping point for him to be able to build off and go into the summer and come back next year and even it'd be even better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it would have been just um, like it would have been uh, crazy for him not to make it. I mean, you look at it. Typically, the guys who make it are like the lottery picks. You know what I mean? Or a guy who had a great a great year, and he had a great year. He's having a great year. You know, he's the twenty first overall pick uh, when he was drafted in twenty twenty. Um, you know, he's he's arguably been the second best player on the Sixers this season. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, when Joel doesn't play, he's like scorching, you know, and, and he, start, he and Joel are starting to get a rhythm together now where he's still playing well. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is this is huge. This is a step in, 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 the, in the right direction for him. Um, you know, the, the thing is, like you said, and, and we talked about this before, you know, the hit for him – you know, I think the biggest thing is going to come this off season again because he's going to be able to work on things. And I would like to see what how if if Sam Cassell is involved in this summer his summer workouts. You know, being a point guard, letting leading him and showing him what he has to do. But yeah, he is uh, he 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 is um, ascending, so to speak. Yeah, and this is. Even the, in, even in the loss to Washington, I feel like this was kind of like the second straight game where Tyrese was able to really show, really show more on the offensive end. Like he had 33 points in the win over the Memphis Grizzlies, right? And he had eight assists, and that was an impressive performance. He even had the game-winning bucket in overtime to really lift them over Memphis, and he went toe to toe with a legitimate star in the form of John Morant on the other side for the Grizzlies. In this game against Washington, again, it came in a loss, really disappointing loss, but. Keith Tyrese had 22 points. He shot 9 for 16. He shot 2 for 4 from deep. 
He had eight rebounds, and he had seven assists. And get this, Keith, not one single turnover. So there are certain things that Tyrese, I feel like, did in the win over Washington, uh, excuse me, the loss to Washington, um, that really was very impressive to me, especially the fact that he was able – he was drilling step-back threes. Um, he, he came off one screen, and instead of dropping the basket like he normally would, he took a step back and drilled a three-pointer – and they did it again in the corner late in the game. Um, I, I, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a three pointer. It was it was a um, it, it was a corner, just two point shot. But the fact that he's adding a step back shot to his game, Keith, that's only going to enhance his offense because of his driving ability. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he he's doing a lot. He he, you know, the the thing is, the right now upcoming games are going to be another big test for him. You know, like. You know he played well tonight. Um, he's you have to say he's passed most of the tests he had this season. Um, but but you know I would like to see what he can do against Luca. That's going to be another one. And then also you know he's going to go back against uh, Chicago. Now again, he's played well against Chicago the first two games, right? But I would like to see you know what he what he can do. And then he's going to get baptized probably so to yep. speak. Uh, when they when when Chris Paul comes to town, now I'm not saying Chris Paul's going to like you know like dog him or nothing like that, but what he's going to what I'm saying is he's going to go up against a Hall of Famer, and that's going to be a nice barometer for him to see where he is and what he needs to work on. Yeah, I mean you just brought up that Phoenix game, and and, and you know like actually before we even get to Phoenix, I'll, I'll touch on Dallas too. Like Luka Doncic is obviously one of the premier players in the game, right? I mean Luka is. Um, you know, he's got it all. He's He's got size. He's got smarts. He's got a uh, big shot-making ability. He's um, he's he's, just, he's a tough cover. And Tyrese is going to have to really combat that. Now, this da- this Dallas Maverick game is going to be tough, you know, because Luke is always a guy that they would throw Ben Simmons on him. Obviously, there's no Ben Simmons. So, it'll probably be up to Matisse Thibault. But, you know, we'll get to that in another episode. But Tyrese is definitely going to have to kind of step up to the challenge when it comes to Luka. Now, Chicago, I believe, is still going to be missing Lonzo Ball as Lonzo goes through his injury, rehab, and everything. So, you know, he's, but it's still going to be a tough matchup. He's still got to go up against Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and everybody else on that Chicago team. And then Chris Paul. So, you know, we mentioned it in, a, in an episode before, but these next three games, Dallas, Chicago, Phoenix, those are really going to kind of – that's going to be the real test for this team, Keith, not just for Tyrese Maxey, but just for the Sixers as a whole to really give us an idea of what this team really is. You know, like like they're a good team. I think we can both agree on that. They're a good team. But going up against, you know, real three also really good teams should kind of give us an idea of what they can possibly be in the future. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, but – you know, I mean, first of all, they just need to come out and play hard and attack because, you know, I, th- I think what we're worrying about the future, but this is a team that, that tricks you, so to speak. And what I mean by that is when you think they're rolling, then they have a letdown. You know, when you think they're going to lose, then they, they come out and they play, 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 you know, uh, like all on fire. They're on fire. So, like, right now this team just needs to be more consistent and do what it has to do. Like, you know, I do expect them to come out against Dallas 
and play with a lot of energy, right? But can they do that the next night or the next game when they go up against Chicago? So there's a lot of question marks right now. Again, the Sixers have been rolling, you know, and, and you know, we people get got caught up because they like, hey, they're playing well. But at the same time, they just need to be a little bit more consistent, a little bit more consistent. Yeah, consistency is always the key. And, again, it's not just the Sixers. Tyrese needs to have it as well. Um, and, you know, some might make might, – might, I guess not make excuses, but they'll cut Tyrese some slack just because of how young he is. And, you know, he's only his second year. He's 21, blah, blah, blah. But Tyrese is another one that needs to kind of gain some consistency, it's especially if he wants to be the starting point guard on a team with championship aspirations. Uh, and, again, though, with him, there will probably be more work made in the offseason. And he will come back in his third year, and he will be able to just really kind of make that those next leaps that everybody kind of expects from him. But, but, I mean, listen, that's how the way the NBA goes. But, listen, these next three games at Dallas, at Chicago, coming home to host the defending Western, uh, Western Conference champs, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, that's, these three games are really going to kind of tell us more about the Sixers than any of these, um, these past couple games really can. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For the OG Keith Pompey, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on Locked On 76ers. Peace.